0: Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to We Have a Take the What podcast. We have a heck of a program to go through today. I am joined by my co-host, Rose. How you doing, Rose? Oh, I don't know. How are you doing, Tara? Where do we even start after the last, what, 48, 72, 36 hours that the Blazers have gone through? We just have a lot to talk about. Let's skip the icebreaker today because we just have a lot to cover.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a mess today. Today, Tara and I decided, well, I decided, and I brought Tara along for the ride because she has a newbie to tier Makers, but we are going to do a tier Maker, if for those of you who are familiar with it, which is ranking um, different items in terms of different categories. And we are going to be ranking Trailblazers Trade Deadline News God. um <laughs> so in much tiermaker.com maker.com tears tear um maker that i put together for us um you guys will share the link with you guys when we're done you guys are welcome to do your own and tell us what you think um we'll share ours at the end of it and we're going to rank uh blazer trade deadline news based on how it makes us feel <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're talking about feelings we're not ranking in terms of like how did How did the blazers do? We're not giving them grades for stuff. We're just talking about all the crazy stuff that has happened and how no. we feel about it. And I think we should probably set the tone just or we should set the the context. It is Sunday at noon because I know a million other stories are going to come out after Sunday at noon. So the big, Gary Payton, Golden State Warriors, like as we're recording this, we do not know what the resolution is, but apparently there's, you know, they have until the end of today to resolve something. So at this point, we have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, And we're not going to be ranking
1: based on the typical like tier maker tiers, which is like S tier, A through D. We are using emoji faces. So I will run you through those really quick. The top tier, the typical S tier is... um, like star eye emoji. You know, things that make us excited. Uh, the A tier is a smiley face emoji. Uh, the B tier is the snoozy face emoji. Um, the C tier is the upside down face, smiley face. And uh, the last tier, the D tier, is the screaming face. Uh, you know, Because uh, there's going to be some things that made us want to scream this week. And we should have a place to put those things. (laughs) Uh, We have a lot to talk about. So I'm going to get right into it. Our first story, which is not, I don't think particularly that like worthy of being its own thing. But I was surprised to see that we kept um, Ryan Archie Diacono instead of waving him. So that is our first story. What do you think, Tara?
0: So first, congratulations on his name just rolling off your tongue because that is a tough name. And I think we got it right. It's I saw or read about it somewhere and I kept, they kept calling him Archie. And I was like, oh, when you call him Archie Diakono, it's a lot easier than trying to like sound out the, the whole name. So where am I feeling in this ranking of one to five? One being the star in the eye, the most exciting thing, right? So um, I'm going to say I am more than middling on it. And I'll tell you why. I think it's significant that the Blazers have a backup point guard because you know how they've avoided that for they so commonly avoid having a backup point guard. I feel like they have the backup point guard in case they need to pivot and do what, as Joe Cronin put it, explore some different lineups, which is his GM way of saying tanking. Like, so frankly, (laughs) in case they have to tank, they need a ball handler. (laughs) So that because you're not going to play Dame. Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm putting it in the smile tier, not because I would be happy that they were doing that. But I think it's interesting to me, and it makes me feel like with everything going on, the Blazers are still trying to, like, keep their options open. So I put Archie Diacono in the number two in the smiley tier here's my thing about him i totally get what you're
1: saying i totally get like that like that make gives us flexibility and like then we don't have to remember because we like when we sat dame before we played ant like till the Until- wheels fell off yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and we've never really had like a straight up backup point guard we've had like people that we've turned into combo guards like we've had guys that are like secondary ball handlers that we've turned into primary ball handlers but i will say this it bums me out to be the guy that comes that, that we have a guy that we have basically said if we need to tank we need your body <sighs> that feels bad to me so i actually put him in the snooze the uh the third tier of my tier maker because, eh. It's hard to be excited or happy about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Totally, totally fair. Okay, the next item we
1: have is the acquisition of Cam Reddish. And all-encompassing there, I guess, is like Cam Reddish in Josh Hart out. Um how do we feel about that? We've seen him play now once, although he it sounds like he was not like up to speed on like plays and style. They just inserted into
0: a, him into the lineup just to see what would happen for like 15 minutes. I did not understand how big he was. And so when I was watching the game, I was like, Holy smokes, that's a big dude. And so I'm really excited about it. Cause that's something that we keep talking about. And you know, I love young guys anyway, reclamation project or not, you know, he's a guy who fell out of the rotation and lots of explanations about, you know, Tibbs not liking young guys or whatever so I think this is an opportunity I like to look at it instead of as a reclamation project just like an opportunity for you know him to play (laughs) and actually do stuff so I'm actually really excited about I am in number one on this one which is not how I expected to feel until I saw him on the court and I saw how big he was Mm -hmm. what about you
1: well yeah so I like you was very surprised to like realize how long he was like big and long And um, one of the things that came to my attention is like, when I watched him play, I was like, he plays more of a, I mean, based on like the 15 minutes that I watched him play with us, he plays more of the style of Portland basketball, I think whatever that is right now, but like, then he plays Tibbs style basketball. And Thibodeau is like a very strong like personality, and the, like the kinds of teams and looks that he puts out there. There's some like very Thibodeau-esque players, and so just in thinking about that, I was like, Cam Reddish plays a style that I think is more compatible with the way that the Blazers play, and Josh Hart could be an amazing Tib system guy, like mm-hmm. the he look he looks like a Tib type player, like you know Jimmy Butler-esque, like like bulldog out there and i'm like maybe this is great for both of them mm-hmm. so i actually also put him in the star in the star eye uh tier because i think that this could be really great for both guys which makes me feel good because i every every time a player gets traded away from the blazers i get really sad but my hope is that they go to a place where they are wanted and where they can be successful and i feel like this maybe is a great trade for both players um, Cam Reddish gets to start somewhere new where he gets to play. He gets to play a little bit more with a little more freedom of a different style of basketball than he's been asked to play. And Josh Hart gets to go to a place where he might just be like a like a Jimmy Butler style guy out there Um, yeah. for a coach that hopefully wants to use him like in that way. Like so.
0: Anyway, I'm glad yeah. that you, I'm glad that you brought up the, you know, both players, because I, th- I, I totally agree with you on the Josh Hart thing in terms of, uh, fit and being happy there. I was worried at first, my, you know, my first tweet, when I found out that uh, the coach was going to start camera dish over Nas little, my instinct was to be mad about that because, you know, we're all on edge and we all get mad about things very easily these days. At least I do, um, And I was just like, why? What does Nas have to do to get on the floor? And then as soon as I saw what it looked like with him tall, I like got the vision. I was like, oh, having a tall guy next to Anfernee and Damien will be so useful, even if he's not like a defensive stalwart. He can see over people more so than Nas can. I think there's like three inches or so between the two of them. And that, that can make a difference, especially when you're not one of the like highest level tier teams. You gotta <laughs> you gotta use everything that you can uh to your advantage. And I think having a little bit more size in in that starting lineup, as you know, Cam gets more familiar with the system and uh more in shape, I, I think it could be a really good thing.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah,
1: Cam Reddish, I'm excited to become your fan. Uh, the next item we have, let's move on, is to is a Dame, All-Star Dame, but also not named as a replacement for Steph. What are we thinking?
0: Do you want to go first? Because I keep going first. Do you want to take a turn to go first, or do you want me to just keep going first?
1: Sure, I'll go first here. So, initially, I was like, of course, like, when I thought about it, I was like, "Of course, Dame's gonna be an all star." I mean, it's it's never guaranteed when you're like these small market teams. I feel like, but like Dame is like he's an all star brand player now, so I think it's it's easier for him to get like a fair look when it comes to like the coaching, the co- like what is it, like the coaches' uh vote or whatever, and the players, yeah, and the players. So like that seemed like he was gonna get a fair shake there, and he had been playing so well, it would be crazy for him not to be an all star this year. But the thing about him not being named a starter, I was like, Ugh. but I've I've decided I've made my peace with it for one reason. Dame is has like done his rise and is coasting high as like an NBA star. They gave the spot to John Morant instead, I believe. Jaw's star is still rising, and he's having a great season. And I think because he's newer and fresher, and his star is rising, that there's a lot more interest. That the NBA probably felt like he could generate as a starter in the All-Star game that, quite frankly, wouldn't benefit Dame in the same way.
0: I don't know. What do you think about that? I with apologies to Cassidy, who's the biggest all-star fan. I can't stand all-star weekend. <laughs> I wish that they just gave them the week off. It makes me, I know it's supposed to be for the fans and I can't believe that people's contracts are tied up in something like this, you know, whether or not they get, you know, max based on whether or not they're voted or playing in all-star games. I cannot stand the all-star game. I'm putting it in my scream face. I don't even want to be talking about the all-star game. I know. Isn't this weird? I just like, Nobody's going to like, unless you're Damian Lillard and you're doing every single event and you're also like giving a rock con- or like a you know concert musical performance, nobody's getting anything out of All Star Weekend. That's just my personal opinion when you could be resting. These guys need rest, but instead they have to fly somewhere. They have to do all these things. Just give them a week off. So I'm putting that down in to the scream face category and I don't know can we can I sneak in my take about um Shaden as well? Oh d- dropping out of the dunk contest? Yes, I am totally yes. fine with that. Like I like Shaden's dunk attention I love his in-game dunks. I don't care about out-of-game dumps. You don't get points with out-of-game dumps. You don't get, like, an adrenaline shot for your team for, you know, an out-of-game dunk. It's just, to me, it's like, all it is is just, like, the only thing that can happen is you, like, miss a dunk and everybody laughs at you. Or you lose it and then you get mad about it and then you get 50 on your jersey and it takes you, like, five years to, like, live that down. There's just nothing (laughs) that could. There's very little good that can happen out of being in a dunk contest. And I guess that I'm going to reserve that as my hot take for the end of this episode as well. I'm going to (laughs) just I'm giving my my take now. I don't like the dunk contest. I'm so sorry, Cassidy. I know how much you love it. I get it. I get it. I will still watch the dunk contest,
1: but I will say this. I don't think that it's that big of a deal they dropped out, if only because like the like the level of players that are participating are worse and worse every year. Like I'm sorry there used to be a time where Vince Carter was in the dunk contest and now we have I don't know who else is even in it this year. Guy guys from the G League. Yeah, like guys I've, I haven't heard of even like and I just feel like it you don't I mean, like, you don't make a name for yourself by winning the dunk contest. Does anyone even remember that Ant won the dunk contest? Nobody remembers that Ant won the dunk contest that doesn't live in Portland. Like, I'm sorry, if, like, your area code is 503, then you know that he won the dunk contest and literally nobody else. And they're like, who? They look us up him up and they're like, who? That guy, Simmons in Portland? Like,
0: that's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> it's the risk reward just does not balance out for me. It just does not, it doesn't, it doesn't carry out. Make people watch your games if they want to see mm-hmm. you dunk. And Shaden, go take a nice vacation and um enjoy the time off. And you don't have to like go to a bunch of events.
1: I put my Dame All-Star, by the way. I put my Dame All-Star thing in my sleepy face because. I mean, I think it's good and fine, but like, it's just the same as always. (laughs) And it's not that exciting to me. I mean, I expected him to be in the all-star game and it would have been nice if he, if I would have maybe bumped it up if they they named him a starter, but it's just, uh, I think it's just, it's just whatever. Good. I'm happy for him, but it's not like moving my meter. Okay. The next item is unexpected. It is the Blazers waving Greg Brown the third. What do you think?
0: I'm in the middle on that. I know I maybe like probably people expected I was going to be really upset about that or whatever. Like I I love all these guys who come through, but it just the writing was on the wall for me. It, like it it he wasn't ever going to be an imp- he I it didn't seem to me that he was going to be a part of the Blazers moving forward and it doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't mean I like him any less. You know, me, no bigger Scala VCA fan out there than me, (laughs) no bigger Harry Giles fan out there than me, but you got to let these go. These guys, I feel like I got to let these guys go and find out where it is that they fit in the best. And I don't think the NBA is where he fit in the best. So I put that in the, in the middle. I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm not like, delighted obviously i think it's probably the right thing and it's just kind of like not that big of a deal to me i put
1: it in my oh this is so tough i i think i put it in my okay i'm gonna put it in my screen, but here's why i was and I've said this before, I really like exciting minutes. I really like exciting, even, even like garbage time minutes. And he made garbage time, like fun to watch. And a lot of the times you just see guys like setting up like half courts and trying to run plays and just being, I don't know, like trying, just trying to get experience. You know, there's like definitely teams where you just see them trying to run like sets and Mm -hmm. getting, getting a getting practice doing that in a game situation but a game situation in garbage time is very different obviously but you aren't going to be leaving your seat and walking out of the arena early in garbage time if greg brown the third is going to be on the floor i'm sorry you might miss the best dunk of the whole game <laughs> if you walk out of motor center early because you thought you could like get five minutes of traffic back or something but you'll miss the best dunk of the night. Like, I'm sorry. Like he makes worth he makes it worth to stay to the very, very end. And I don't turn off the game on TV if I know that it's we're gonna see garbage time minutes from Greg Brown the third. And so I put it on my screen face because I'm sad to see him go. But I know that it gives it opens him up for better opportunities where he's can maybe win some minutes, gets more playing time. And so I'm not like sad for him. I'm just screaming face for me. <laughs> and that's what this is about. This is how it makes us feel. Yes. Okay. We've come. We've come to the moment, Tara. (sighs) So, we've come to the Gary Payton 2 controversy in our tier list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's unpack this one. Mm Okay. Because it's still ongoing and
0: unsettled. And murkier as... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's somewhat murkier and somewhat okay. So here's here's where I'm gonna start with this one. You know, two a couple weeks ago, we did a whole episode about Gary Payton. And I did my research. I listened to hours of podcasts of him talking, of his dad talking, of people talking about him. I read tens of thousands of words about Gary Payton. Not a single thing that I came across not one thing indicated to me that he would be somebody who would get himself embroiled in something like this. He universally loved by everyone that he was a teammate of never a bad word against him. And seeing some of, um, you know, some of people on Twitter, you know, saying stuff about Gary. I just, I just don't see him purposely doing something that would be detrimental to his teammates either team that he that he left I just I just I just don't see it so I was trying I was casting about trying to figure out like what in the world could be going on um and this is like total speculation but here's kind of where I landed because I was like the thing about these things is they're never as bad or as good As everybody makes them out to be, we all have to take a step back and look at them and try to figure out what's going on. So here's kind of where I landed. And I will warn you too that this is very Pollyanna of me. (laughs) It's very somebody who watches a lot of Hallmark movies. All right. <laughs> so you know that part of the reason that I don't think Gary would think Gary would do anything ill is because I've watched so many Hallmark movies that everybody in Hallmark has good intentions. Unless you're like a developer or somebody who doesn't like dogs, then you're like an awful person. <laughs> everybody else in the Hallmark universe is great. So I'm coming at it with that lens. So here's what I'm thinking. Everybody knew what was going on with Golden State this summer. Everybody knew they did not have money to sign people. They were horribly over the tax. They were just like losing money right and left, having to pay taxes because they were so far over the salary cap. I think they might've even been hard capped. So as much as they loved Gary, they were not going to be able to sign Gary. It just was impossible, either like literally or figuratively, they were not going to be able to sign Gary. So they were like, Gary, we want you to go get paid. And like, who wouldn't want him to go get paid? He earned, he showed how valuable he was to that franchise, so Gary goes out to get paid. What better franchise for him to go to than Portland because his agent is also Damian Lillard's agent. You know, he's he can ask Damian, you know, about what it's like to play in Portland or whatever. So Portland offers him the money. And we know that he said that he took Portland because they offered him the most money. So what I'm thinking is, and again, this is based on nothing but my like storytelling, (laughs) my, like my need to like turn this into a story that makes sense. What if they were like, Gary, you know, go get your money and maybe we can take a look at things at the trade deadline and maybe some things will shake out on our end and we'll be able to trade back for you because at that time we would be able to make it so that we could bring you back to the team. You know, you can recover, you can get your surgery, you can recover somewhere else. And then we'll take a look at how things are going at the trade deadline, Seems like a great situation for everybody. Maybe the Portland Trailblazers even knew about it. I don't know. It just seems to me that that could have been an arrangement either implied or, you know, straight up. I don't know. Again, I'm making this up as I go along, but it seems like that would have been a good situation. And, you know, if Portland knew about that, it could have been like, okay, great. So, you know, we'll take on Gary and then we'll talk again at the trade deadline and see where things are. So, fast forward to the point where Gary has cleared, you know, his physicals, but like Portland's not going to push him back into playing because they're like, you know, we respect that, you know, you're saying your body's not ready. Then we get into the two weeks away from two weeks away situation. And then that just kind of goes on. And then things just start to get a little wonky and people start saying, where's Gary? Why isn't he playing? Then they get to a point where there's literally barely enough bodies to put on the court. And Portland's like, Look Gary, we're going to need you to play. Again, total conjecture. Gary, we're going to need you to play. Um, you know, your your injury is healed, we don't think it's going to get any worse, and we'll help you manage the pain. And I don't know how they helped to manage the pain, but I got to think that there's places like we watched him recover and come back from an elbow injury with Golden State very quickly last year, and you got to think that he was they they helped manage his pain so that he could play through that. That's just That's just what happens. I don't know how it all got so blown up. Like, I don't know why Golden State is accusing Portland. But what I do know is that there are some reporters out there who are stirring things up. (laughs) And as I was trying to learn more about that, I kid you not, as I was trying to learn more about what was going on, I was like, I kept in order to find the reporting. I kept having to like go to the athletic and I was like, I don't have an athletic scholar. um, scholar. I don't have an (laughs) athletic subscription. I can't get to the athletic. And I was like, that's what it is. The athletic is trying to get more clicks. So (laughs) they're benefiting from this whole thing because we're all like trying to find out what's going on. And the only way we can find out by what, you know, the published stories is by going to the athletic. So I think it's all a ploy for the athletic to get more subscribers. I think, Gary is caught in the middle of it. I think it's all messy and unfortunate, and I just want it to be solved. So that is my hallmark slash conspiracy theory,
1: (laughs) a hallmark conspiracy theory, which is a special like it's a it's a a terror special. Well,
0: because I want everybody to live heavily happily ever after, except for like developers and people who don't like dogs. But I want everybody to live happily after ever after and find like a reason that this would happen. You know? Yeah. I, I get that. I don't buy any of that, what you just okay. said.
1: <laughs> but I get why I get I get why you might feel that way. I watch a lot of K-dramas, and the things about K-dramas is that there are always people with ill intentions because they're worried about themselves first. And then it's not people who are evil, it's people who are selfish, people who are who are climbers. So here's my take about this. I don't think that this was necessarily this long plan like you talked about with Gary Payton, like going to the Blazers and the Warriors hoping to get him back. I think what happened was Gary Payton went out and got paid because we knew that Golden State couldn't pay him. Portland paid him. They didn't even pay him that much. They just, you know what I mean? Like they paid him not much, but they gave him a three-year contract. And I don't even know, is it men? It might be men. No, it's more than that. It's the MLE. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's the MLE and it's three years. So there's like longevity on it too. So instead of just like a one, one year thing or for, you know, as a guy who was like, he was taking 10 days at some point, you know, like good for him. Three years. That's a great, that's a great deal. Anyway, what I think probably happened was that when it came down to the trade deadline, Portland was not happy with him because he, they couldn't get him on the floor and I I I don't I don't know the ins and outs of why he wasn't playing, what like what kind of pain he was in. I don't pretend to know anything about his medical condition. I think it's really weird to speculate about the health of people and how how fit they play, both mentally and physically, to play basketball. Whatever. That aside, I think that Portland wanted to see him on the floor. It felt to me like they really wanted to see him play before the trade deadline, so they knew what they should do with him. I don't I think that they decided to like cut from there and i and i think that this was a later like a like a later in the season decision than probably people anticipated because they touted him in the offseason as like this great acquisition for the team and like why would you go out of your way to like make him seem like he's such a great acquisition if your intention was to like just rehab him and send him back to golden state that doesn't really make sense to me so i feel like what they probably did is they tried to get him on the floor to see what he looked like they you know got a little bit of a look at him. He didn't even play that much for us, honestly. Like, it's weird that like this whole story is actually like we like, you know, coerced him into playing. Like he was, like he was playing 30 minutes a game. Like he played not that much. A total he of didn't...
0: 255 minutes.
1: Yeah, like this whole conspiracy that we did all of that to get a guy on the floor for 250 minutes is like not really believable. Anyway, I think what happened was we decided we wanted to get rid of him. And there was already this kind of trade in the works happening with other teams um I don't really know how that all shaped up like which parts fell into place first in this four-team deal but Golden State would have loved to have kept Gary in the offseason but they weren't in a position to then and I think that what probably happened in Golden State this year is that they decided that they were not going to develop Wiseman Mm -hmm. and they were like well we want to get away from Wiseman we'd be happy to have Gary Payton back Gary Payton too back excuse me and so they found a way to get him in this deal However, that is a very embarrassing deal for the Golden State Warriors. Can we talk about how the fact that they tanked to get James Wiseman and then they're trading him back for a guy that they just couldn't afford to keep for a couple of million dollars in the offseason? That is very embarrassing. And like, that's what the story probably would have been around that trade when it's time to grade trades, that they literally turned around and traded the number two was a number two pick. He's Mm -hmm. a number two pick with when they tanked that whole season. Just to turn around and trade him for Gary Payton too, like that they could have just kept if they didn't have such a money problems. Like that is like that is not good finances, and that would have probably made them look very bad. And I think that they wanted to avoid that. I don't know exactly why they did what they did with with Gary Payton too. I don't know how like how the rumors started around what care he got and didn't get and what like his like the severity of his injury. But I do know that they probably don't want all the attention on the fact that they traded their number two tank pick Mm -hmm. for a guy that they just had on their roster.
0: And where we are today, it looks like they are trying to avoid having to undo the deal.
1: Oh, yeah, they they don't want it. They
0: still want the deal. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, (laughs) they still want it to go through. They
1: trotted Gary Payton, too, last night out in a Warriors sweatshirt at the game to sit next to Mike Dunleavy. Like, they are not sending him back. They can't send him back, and they can't take James Wiseman back. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And, like, who the heck, which which one of these teams would want to do deals with them if they took it back
0: ever again? So you think it's a a smokescreen to divert attention away from the second pick?
1: Yes, I do. That is my conspiracy theory, is that <laughs> they do not want that bad press. So they put a controversy in play. And instead of burning, like if I mean if so one, they could have seriously considered on doing the deal, which I don't think they actually wanted to. Two, I think that I I think that they could have probably done this another way that didn't look so crazy. But I bet you that something was said when they when Gary Payton to arrived that they thought that they could maybe turn this into a, a story that probably wouldn't result in anything in the end. But also take the heat off of them when it's when every ESPN writer is writing, let's rate draft Mm -hmm. or or, excuse me, let's rate trades, Mm -hmm. because that would have been like on paper. That is not a good trade, What they did long term to like end up here. I don't know why they would consider like burning another franchise down for this. And I also don't know why they would, where they, they're, I, it's hard for me to believe that there's like zero truth to the, to the thing that they said about Gary Payton too. But it's also hard for me to believe that the Blazers would do something that's so mal, it, it's like malpractice that would be mm-hmm. easily, they could be easily punished for. And also like at this point, we also know that Gary Payton too's agent said it didn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not what happened. So like, You know, like if you're thinking about this in like term of the long game, if you're playing just in the press, it you don't have the long game doesn't have to work out in your favor because everybody wants the story when it first hits. And to like, you know, speculate and speculate and speculate, you don't have to win the long game in the press, especially when you're the Warriors and you have so many national press reporters embedded with you and like require access to do their job well. That's not Portland. Portland can't beat you in that game. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever whatever the, like, resolution is down the road, it doesn't matter. The damage is done now. The stories about, tr- like, grading that trade will not be written the way they would have been written mm-hmm. in, like, three months or whatever, when however long it takes for them to, like, resolve this. So mm-hmm. they've avoided the problem that they would have avoided, and they don't really take any skin off the teeth. Yeah, they're just
0: going to be like, well, we can't really say, you know, because we don't really know. And Oh, that's 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 very... That's, a that's very my plausible. Hat. Yeah. Yeah. No surprise. It's better than mine. Although I still think that, um, I'm still not clicking on athletic links to go <laughs> if that's no. there. So I put this in my scream category. Oh, it's my scream too. Yeah.
1: It's scream. It's way sure. bigger scream than if I'm writing my screams within a scream, it's yeah. way bigger scream than Gary Brown, excuse me, Greg Bra- the third getting,
0: uh, getting waved. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's not good. It's messy. I just, like I said, I don't think that Gary would like get involved in all of this on purpose. And that's where, it, when I see the, the narratives start to say that, that I'm like, ah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. It just feels like a front office with more money, more resources and more clout is just, um you know, going to beat up on, on ours because it's easy. And it's weird that like, his agent is is damien's agent like they they share an agent and he's already come out and said it didn't happen and like um the stories aren't quoting that like woe like every you know hour like retweets the link to the same story that says nothing about what the agent said yeah good what aaron goodwin said like no
1: one has like pulled that quote despite the fact that it came through chris haynes Uh it was official he put his name on it Uh and like people aren't updating the fact that Gary Payton 2's agent is saying no this thing didn't happen who is saying that it happened like why do you have that in your I so to me I think that the bad guy here is the Warriors and I think that's the Warriors kicking their kicking their like status around their privilege within the league as being like you know the reigning champions with tons and tons of press and resources pumped into them that like they can't come up smelling that bad because we do not have the coverage of the press to like really win a war in the media especially when they got off on the first they got I mean they got off on like a dirty foot they dropped that story right before Cronin went in front of the press
0: yeah that was that was mean
1: yes they did that right before he, he was supposed to go speak to the press he had nothing there was nothing he could do to prepare for it he took questions on it he went on the record and he said we did everything by the book he put it he said exactly what he what you're supposed to say he hasn't walked it back yet he has clearly he has faith in the people in his organization that everybody did what they were supposed to do. Um, I just yeah. like don't think that it's I just don't think it's very plausible that this is anything other than um, like a media like news cycle thing. Yeah, like perpetuated by the Warriors. And I I don't I it's hard for me to believe like you that like like Gary Payton, too, would be involved in it. But like, you know, what's he, he can't say anything. He's gonna That's his team now. Mm-hmm. You just got to sit there and like let them run the show and. Can't open his mouth because that's who he plays for.
0: Yeah, it's just a gross situation all around. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on because we still have some items to talk about. Blind item, Kendall Jenner is dating a trailblazer. (laughs) (laughs) Most of Twitter agrees that they think that they know who it is. I think I know who it is. I don't think you and I agree on who we think it is.
0: I think I know who it is. I'm just saying people are not giving Ant very much credit to even consider him. I think we all believe that it's Gary or not Gary. (laughs) Uh, We all think it's Jeremy who's having an affair with Kendall Jenner. But everybody just leapt right to that when she described him as a cutie. And there's a number of cuties on this team. And I just think that everybody's sleeping on Ant and he deserved at least to be in consideration okay i still don't think it's Ant though
1: <laughs> i don't Absolutely think it is not.
0: i don't think it's Ant. i just think people are not giving Ant enough credit for possibly being him they're just not even considering him in the mix and i just say give Ant the you know the credit to at least be considered in the mix okay or naz <laughs> or okay. jabari they're okay. all cuties. This person the, was described as a cutie. Our guys are the, cutie.
1: <laughs> Some of them are married. Like Justice is a cutie, but he's he's married. i I I just don't think it could be anybody other than Jeremy, also just by virtue of opportunity. Like Jeremy's involved in fashion. Like he you know, he's it, it just he just makes more sense than Ant. Where's Ant gonna meet that. Kendall Jenner?
0: I absolutely believe it's Jeremy. I'm just saying everybody give Ant a little bit of a consideration. Okay. You know, that's all I'm saying. But where do you put it in the in your uh, ranking? Oh, it's my upside down smiley face. Okay, (laughs) that's where this one lives,
1: because everybody wants. Okay, so we had a listener question. Someone wanted us to talk about the Kardashian curse. I have to tell you, I am not a Kardashian scholar. I am not a Kardashian enthusiast. I am not a novice. I am a nothing somehow I have lived this life not really learning anything about them, except for what some of their names are. <laughs> um I don't know anything about the curse. I do know that a lot of people don't like the Kardashian hype that comes around, like when like their franchise when you know they're dating one of their players that like they they draw a lot of attention, they become a media distraction or whatever. Um, I it's hard for me to imagine she's gonna be showing up to a bunch of games here, but I my upside on smiley face. I I'm not really I'm not I'm not really opposed to it. I think it's good for guys to feel like they can come to Portland and still like get a hot Hollywood girlfriend. So, like, you know, good for him. If that's who whoever him is good for him. And maybe it's good for the overall like uh, view of the franchise culture. It's possible to date a Kardashian and play in the Pacific Northwest.
0: And that is exactly mine is in the smiley face. I think, oh. I think it's a great thing. <laughs> like you said, it says like you can play for Portland and still have a supermodel girlfriend. That's got to be a good thing, right? And also I am pro-love as we've discussed on this podcast at great, great length. I love a happy ending. If Jeremy is happy, I am happy. There, I didn't see like Devin Booker like playing terrible while he was dating her. He... Mm this is as much research as I did. I read the like timeline of Devin Booker and Kendall Jenner's relationship. And about 2018 is when they started seeing each other and they saw each other for like four years. Happens to be the same time that he ascended, you know, to be like a really great basketball player. Now I'm not saying that Kendall is gonna like, you know, turn Jeremy Grant into a Devin Booker level player, but I'm not, I don't think we can assume that she's gonna harm him by hanging out with him. I am pro love, I am pro Jeremy being happy, and I am pro people thinking that they can date a supermodel playing in Portland because I really believe that they are going to try to make a run for it this summer. And it was so refreshing to hear our GM say that they're actually going to go for it rather than sitting there going, oh my God, nobody wants to come to Portland. You know what? Go for it, Joe. And you can trot out Jeremy or Aunt or whoever it is with their Kardashian girlfriend and go look you can come to Portland you can shop at Nike and you can have a supermodel for a girlfriend I love the optimism
1: on that and I actually like really agree with you that like when I heard them saying that they want to go for it like that made me feel really good because I feel like we've always been preparing for the next day preparing for the next day preparing for the next day and like never today and I'm like, well, you have game today. Let's see what we can do with it today and maybe take a little bit from the next day and just, you know, run with our money a little bit. I think that that's fine. I think that we don't need to worry about our picks. So, I mean, I mean, we're not gonna we be like the, what is it? The, which team is it? The, the Lakers that are burning through all their first round picks that they've like, they don't have any for like 10 years or whatever. Um, we don't have to be like that, but like, we got some resources. Let's run with it. It's fine to worry your future a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. I want to make sure we get through the stuff that we, oh, we should talk about Matisse Teibel. Yes. The acquisition of Matisse. Mm-hmm. What do we think?
0: You know, I am excited. I actually, I have to apologize and take back. My initial reaction was like when Josh Hart left, he was a very handsome man. And right now the Blazers are an extremely handsome team. And in my poor choice of thinking I was like Matisse is not as handsome as Josh Hart we just like went down that department but you know what? I was wrong I should not have even thought about that looks are not important in this and then I sat down and watched like three hours of Matisse's vlogs which are amazing he is he has a YouTube channel he ran a blog or a vlog about being in the bubble and he is adorable and he's funny he has a great sense of humor he has a great smile everybody loves him I'm very excited about to learn more about Matisse and you know what Gary Payton was a, an aggressive defender and, you know, he did a lot of things that, you know, the Blazers need. And I, I really don't think that there's much of that, that Matisse couldn't do or couldn't learn to do. I'm very excited about Matisse. He's also a four-year college player, which for a long time was kind of like the bedrock <laughs> of the Blazers kind of in their more successful years. And I'm not saying you have to be a four-year player to be successful, but sometimes having one of those kind of guys on the team, it's like just kind of a, maybe a different vibe. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm really, really. So I am like stars. Again, you can see how much I love getting new players. <laughs> I, he's I'm going to put him up next to Cam Reddish in my stars in my eyes tier. Uh, I agree
1: with you about uh, Matisse. I was actually really happy to see us make like a defensive um trade because we had like divested from gary payton too and then we didn't completely divest from defense altogether we <laughs> just picked up another style of defender it's someone who i mean i think he's it wasn't he all nba all the all defense team second team second couple, team yeah. a couple times like that's what like, he's a legit defender mm-hmm. and like obviously i don't think our de- defense is as bad as it once was it's like Uh, right now a little bit of our offense is our problem but i feel like he's also bigger and longer and athletic and also he's from the pacific northwest he went to UW. you know he we know he can stand the rain like as much as i love josh hart i knew that josh hart in his heart was not happy every time he looked out his window and saw the (laughs) rain and the clouds and i'm like Matisse Tybel grew up here. He should know. If anything, it's sunnier
0: in Portland than it is in Seattle. <laughs> I have to say on one of his uh, vlogs while he was in the bubble, there was like a r- huge rainstorm and he was very upset and he like refused to go outside until the rain was over. So he may have lost that ability <laughs> to deal with the rain, but that doesn't mean he can't get it back, right? Also, the rainstorms that happen in a place like
1: Florida are very different than like the drizzle of the Pacific Northwest. It's just a different thing. It's just like you could go with a jacket and not an umbrella in a lot, like most days in the Pacific Northwest. And that's like not true for a lot of those, you know, tropical subtropical places.
0: I, I feel like Matisse Teibel was in, um was I've heard him in conversations over the last few years as somebody the Blazers might go after. So I feel like there was also just sort of a little bit of consistency with looking for a player like him. So I'm happy. I'm really excited about that one. Good. I want to do the next two together. We'll just talk about them together.
1: We both predicted that Nurk and Nas would not be on the team after the trade deadline, and they both are. Tell me about where you rank these.
0: I'm ranking them in the middle. Like I'm really glad that my Nurk wardrobe is going to remain relevant. I also am really glad that they're going to continue to have a tall player on the team. My concern is just that whether or not um, all the people who are ready to like shove them out the door. If that's going to be hard for him to deal with, I like to think it won't be. I I like, I kind of think that the team now, especially with all that's going on with Gary, I feel like they're maybe going to like come together and be able to be a little bit better than, than we think. And I don't think any of them like expected that they were going to make a run for the championship. So if they can just settle into their roles, I think they really, really need Nurk now. And we saw some really good Nurk you know earlier Mm -hmm. this year so i think if i hope his cap is getting better and i'm putting it in the middle because it would have been cool i think to get a different style center to see where the blazers went with that but i'm not mad about it either i'm just i'm gonna put and i'm i'm glad that Nas is still here um you know i i might put that a little higher actually i'm gonna put him a little higher into my smiley how
1: about Uh, i put the i put them both on my smiley I think that Nurk is playing good basketball, despite the fact that people are a little bit grumpy with him. I think that he's playing as well as he could possibly be playing without much. Like, he he doesn't, there's no, there's not a lot of redundancy in his skill set, right? Like, and he can't play 40 minutes a game. So, like, he's doing a lot considering they're asking a lot of him. And I think for, like, more often than not, he shows up. And just playing good ball. I wish that we played a little bit more pick and roll for him because some of those, some of the like pick and roll sets from him and Dame are like amazing. They have such good chemistry now. And it would be hard for me to imagine them bringing in anybody who could do what Nurk does better on short notice without like time to develop that chemistry. Like Dame and Nurk have played so many possessions together. They just know where the other one's going to be. And it doesn't always come off perfectly, but like they have a really nice comfort level with them. And I just don't understand. Everybody's so excited to get rid of him. Um, you know, we just got rid of Josh Hart, who was our like, I think he was like our top rebounder. And, you know, Nurk is big and Nurk gets rebounds. And I'm sorry, we have rebounds to replace, not rebounds that we <laughs> yeah. can give up. Um, so I put them both in my smiley face here. I think we have time for probably one more, and I just want to do this one really quick for our last one. I wanted to I want us to grade, we can do two more. Yeah, because we should talk about Kevin Knox. Okay. Yes, Kevin Knox. But we can let's do talk- that quickly. Okay. Let's talk about Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, who's coming to us from Detroit? Uh,
0: no. Yes, Detroit. Yes. Um, I think so. He's part of that he- team deal. Yeah. He's so we don't know for sure that he's coming until he gets greenlit by the Golden State Warriors to come here. But Kevin Knox. I am in the upside down face about that one. I I. I actually I'm just like holding off until this whole thing goes through to learn any more about him. Um, Yeah, I just absolutely don't know anything about him. And so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to think that he's probably not a huge part of their future moving forward. Um, I'm going to put him in my upside down face just because it just is lingering with this whole icky mess and it's not his fault. But until we get out of this mess, I don't know anything about him. I put
1: him in my sleepy face because I just, one, I don't know anything about him. And two, I didn't want to get invested in anybody that might not be here. And it's not even clear if he's going to get traded here for us to even decide whether we're going to keep him and play him or not. Um, but, I mean, I suspect that the trade will go through. I, the Golden State has really not indicated that they're not interested in that trade going through. And it would be a mess to undo it at this point. Um But if he if we decide to keep him and he becomes a part of the team, I am excited to learn more about him and to find uh, reasons to be excited about him. But for now, I'm a little bit sleepy face on it. Okay, now we'll go to the last one. The last one I want to talk about is the Josh Hart press conference last night after the Knicks win, because. I I know that we've all we've we felt like a, a little bit of a tension with the Josh Hart hype train this year, you know, as he's he he like kind of got in a rut where he wasn't really shooting the ball. Um and he had a hard time here, like kind of towards the end of his tenure. Um but it was really, really nice to hear him unprompted make a statement in support of the Blazers organization. Um there's been very few people who have gone on the record on that particular like mess but we know that joe cronin has we know that dame and gary payton 2's agent aaron goodwin has and now we know that josh hart has and josh hart did it when nobody asked him a question he he was he doesn't play for us anymore he has no more like like vested interest in saying anything that he doesn't want to say and i thought it was really genuine and really thoughtful of him to Talk about how classy the organization was. And he called out Joe Cronin specifically and said that the team is first class. They do it by the book. And they're respectful. And I just found that to be a really, really wonderful gesture. And a, like automatic, like Josh Hart, Rip City royalty. When he comes back, we have to scream for him super loud. Like
0: mm-hmm. he wasn't even here that long. But I just felt like that was a really, really great gesture. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Totally agree completely classy. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how we're glad that he's somewhere where he's happy. And, um, one, um, article that I pirated from the athletic, I did not pay for it. Um, (laughs) um, you know, you stumbled upon, you stumbled upon it somehow. Um, beat reporter, Jason quick talked about how everybody was so glad to leave Portland, which I thought was like a really cruddy thing to say, like, you know, how happy uh, Robert Covington and Norman Powell were and how excited Josh Hart was when they showed the video of him getting, um, getting back with Jalen Brunson and like all this stuff. And like, I just thought it was cool for Josh Hart to go out of his way to make sure that everybody knew that he appreciated his time in Portland when you know everything's going on right now and also you know to given that a portland beat reporter is saying how happy everybody is to get out of portland that somebody who just got out of portland you know um contradicted that storyline so i'm putting up in my starry eyes um my or my yeah my starry eyes tear yeah
1: same Just heard if you if you I would put that
0: reporter down in my upside down frowning uh, tear.
1: <laughs> Josh Hart, if you are listening, we really appreciate you. We loved having you here. You were so fun to root for. Thank you for saying nice things about us, even though nobody was asking you to do that. We really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that was classy.
1: One last Josh
0: Hart for me.
1: <laughs> and we haven't played the Knicks in Moda this year. We haven't played the Knicks yet. So he's going to come back this season. Oh, yay. We'll get to cheer for Josh Hart and it will it will be well earned and it will be like bittersweet. And I feel bad that like w- it didn't work out. But, you know, the reality was is it was seems like it was more about his contract than it was about who he was as a player.
0: Well, and it's also about how he does have a skill set that a lot of people wanted. So yeah. it wasn't one of those where it was like, oh, you know they couldn't trade him and they didn't get much for him it was like a lot of people wanted him and they were able to you know get a player back that you know might be a good fit and he could go somewhere where he where he was happy
1: side note I want to add that I was so excited when I saw that video of Jalen Brunson finding out that Josh Hart had been traded to the Knicks and that they would be reunited to play together again after playing together at Villanova and he looked so genuinely excited to be with his friend again I was just like I hope that this is the stop that's 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 just right for him. I want him to do well there. I want him to be with his buddies in a city that he likes and a system that works for him. Like
0: I was I. I love Josh Hart. I know I super appreciate that was just when it felt like everybody was just attacking Portland. It was really nice to see that. I, I just have to read this again. I did not click through to to get to this athletic article. There are plenty of screenshots on the Internet. Norman Powell and Robert Covington expressed their excitement when they arrived at the Clippers side note editorial from Tara of course they did they're not going to be like oh we hate the Clippers moving on Hart had an Instagram story of him singing after he was traded Larry Nance Jr. this week celebrated the one year anniversary of his and CJ McCollum's trade to New Orleans by retweeting the team's post marking the event he tagged McCollum on his post saying not a bad day huh I don't know. I think we as non-professionals read a lot into Instagram. <laughs> but but I just am not quite sure that um that is something that I would expect to read from someone that I'm looking for for like facts and news. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think that being excited to go to where you're going is not the same as being excited to leave where you're leaving because you don't have any power there. One players like players can't undo trades you know they they can't go back they, there's no choices involved for them and two like even if they were sad about leaving a place where it like didn't work out like you can't express that because you're going to a brand new fan base that doesn't know anything about you and that you're showing your face to them for the first time you need to show them nothing but excitement i remember when Remember when We traded for Aaron Aflalo at the trade oh. deadline. God, I can't even talk about that. He wrote this like <laughs> this like article for the Players Tribune where he was like, "Portland, I'm coming. I'm so excited to be there." Like, you know, and he got traded like trade, you know, like trade deadline, and like his his he had like come from Denver where his like value had diminished, and like, that's all you can say. You can mm-hmm. only say, "I'm excited to go to where I'm going and still have the opportunity to play this game that I committed my
0: life to." Yeah. So the tiers, we had a few that we didn't get to. Should we like go ahead and like we could place those on and we could also share like in the um in the uh in the notes, like the entire list so sure. that we can send a link to it. And if people want to fill out their own tiers and share them with them, I would love to see what everybody else feels. Yeah. And just so you know, the other ones in our tiers, I'll just list them off
1: really quick for people to hear uh, is Jeremy has moved on his. uh he's moved on to clutch he is now a clutch client uh we have one about oh what's it mark tatum mark tatum's (laughs) an image here and he's second round picks because apparently this this was all about second round picks this year and blazers got a lot of them and gave some up and i don't know like second round picks are they even real um we have a picture of jason quick which is about that that quote that Tara just gave us about how everybody's excited to leave Portland and maybe what's wrong with Portland. Uh, we have that uh, Shaden Sharp getting more minutes and getting more opportunity to shine, and then maybe he's making the leap. And then the last one we have, actually, I'm going to delete that one. We're not even going to talk about that one. I don't even want to talk about that one. It's so negative. Whatever. It was about <laughs> it was about us blowing another lead to Oklahoma City, but I don't want to talk about that. We're not going we'll to. We're going to leave that one off the tier
0: list. Never happened never Um, happened oh no i already moved it onto the thing and now i can't get it off okay well we'll figure that out later we have one more thing that two more things that we got to do today and we're going to try to keep this as close to under an hour as we possibly can (laughs) um you say that every week i know social media player of the week if we could have given it to josh hart if he had posted about that i would have absolutely given it to him even though he's no longer a blazer but that did not happen so we have a few other options available it was actually a pretty good week We had one, an Instagram story shared today by Damian Lillard. And it is a picture of somebody flying on some sort of flying machine. World's first flying bike debuts at the U.S. Auto Show. And Damian um, shared that in his Instagram story and said, about to be flying to the game on they ass. So I'm very excited for Damian Lillard (laughs) to show up on a flying bicycle. And uh, I just thought that was so funny that he put it in instagram and it was like so completely out of the blue compared to everything else that was going on it was just refreshing to see different content so that's one justice winslow i'm i've got two possible um entries from justice winslow one is um the kermit drinking the tea meme which came out immediately as soon as the story broke about um gary payton and the injury that was not disclosed As soon as that came out justice winslow tweeted just the picture of kermit can't say for a hundred percent if it's related but it sure seems like it might be i just thought that was you know interesting justice stirring the pot so that's another entry he actually did two of those he did he first posted the like emoji cup of tea and the emoji frog and then he posted kermit like after oh so he's got some tea so he's saying that he's got some tea Side note, I can't wait to see Justice Winslow back. I think Justice Winslow has been a big loss um, yeah. not having him on the court. So that's my side note. Um, okay, so he had two things where he was talking about spilling tea. Um, but the other Justice Winslow one that I picked was his one about, all he says is, I got mixed feelings about the red boots. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just a refreshing change. <laughs> yeah, the re- the red, I mean, the
1: red boots to take over Twitter for like,
0: a day. Yeah. Well, and they're gonna be around because Janelle Monet was wearing them um in, in her warm-up for getting ready for the all-star game. I have one more that is a, another Damian Lillard one. And some person on Twitter named Ken um retweeted an article from Oregon Live. Um, and he says, Great job building confidence in the talented rook, Mr. Big Shot and Damian Lillard. So he's talking about Damian and the coach good luck uh you two Lillard and Billups should get out of town so that's what a, a Twitter user says to mm-hmm. which Damien responds with just a question mark <laughs> like dude <laughs> <laughs> I just love the Damien Lord just respond responds with a question mark um, highly relatable content right there yes and then I also want to give an honorable mention to everybody who wished Ben Mclemore happy birthday on Instagram, Ben Mclemore, You will never be far from my heart. And yesterday was his birthday and Kel Jim Blevins, Anthony Simons, and I think a couple of other guys, but their stories disappeared before I got to them. Okay. So to recap, we have Damien on the flying bicycle Instagram story. We have Damien in the reply to a fan with a, well, or not a fan with a question mark. And then two justice Winslow tweets, one about, um, the Red Boots, and two, I guess, about spilling Tea. Who gets your player? Is it going to be Josh Hart or Damian Lillard this week? You mean Justice Winslow? Uh, that's what I meant to say, Josh Hart. See, it's just so ingrained that it's almost always Josh Hart, and we can't have that anymore. Yes, just Justice or Dame? Speaking of which, Social Media Player of the Year is wide open now that Josh Hart is off this team. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, icked anybody's award now. Trade deadline yeah. really shook up like the future of that award. Mm -hmm. But I would give it to Justice Winslow because one, anything not related to it being dramatic Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like the real social media winner this week. It had, like, I mean, the Kermit, the T is not that, like, creative or remarkable or whatever, but just to, like, remind us that, like, the players, they see the drama too. They're not immune to it. And they are also watching it, uh, like
0: the rest of us. Yeah. And it seems like he knows stuff. And I'm really interested to see. I'm really interested in what what all that is. Okay, also I, and please I, point
1: out. I don't think anybody said goodbye to Gary Payton too from the Blazers on socials this week. A I lot of people said right. goodbye to Josh Hart, but I don't think anybody said goodbye to Gary Payton too.
0: That's just that's just so weird to me. It's just I just it's inconceivable to me that he would burn bridges. But maybe I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. So congratulations to Justice Winslow on your excellent social media plays this week. We appreciate your service, especially to lighten the mood, considering everything else that's going on. And congratulations to Damien for getting runner up. The other thing about Damien is like also he posted a new uh, student of the month or whatever for his respect campaign. And you can always rely on Damien for that when all this crazy stuff is happening He'll just be in there saying something positive about some high schooler in Portland and it's just like, "Oh, you're such a good dude. Such a good <laughs> dude. I know he is. We're so lucky to have Dave. We say it every week, but we it can't be said enough." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to everything but our takes, and I think it's already clear what my take was. Not a fan of All-Star weekend. That is my take. <laughs> What's your take this week, Rose?
1: My take is that the NBA just stays dramatic. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, like Portland really hasn't been the center of that much drama in the NBA. Considering how much drama goes on in the NBA. And it's maybe it's just our turn. Mm-hmm. You know, we have like I was thinking about how like with. um With like, I mean, earlier this week, we saw the like midnight trade of KD and like the Nets blow it up. And like that was like. Not that long ago. We didn't even talk about that. (laughs) No, no. So much drama happens in the NBA. Maybe it was just bound to come around to us once. And honestly, a testament to how little drama happens for the Blazers. We've been hearing the same stupid Damian Lillard quote about whether he's loyal to Portland or not. Like, that's the only story that can come out of Portland because we are not a very dramatic organization. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It took the Golden State Warriors to drag us into drama for it to be like a thing.
0: Mm -hmm. So That's a good take. I like it. Your conspiracy theory was better than mine. Your take <laughs> is better than mine. I am so glad I brought you on. <laughs> you, can always, you can always dress up whatever bizarre thing I say. <laughs> we are very complimentary in that we,
1: we see it from very different angles.
0: <laughs> oh, Rose, it was great to talk to you. Um, oh, I think let's shout out the two people that we got questions from. I think we addressed yes. the questions. Um, the one- Jason was one of them. Yeah, Jason. Um, and then the other one is uh, where did they go? Their their name on Twitter was just D, and they wanted us to address the Gary Payton thing, and they asked the question like really early in the Gary Payton stuff. And so I think we covered it. Um, you know, D said, uh, speak on the GP situation, whether the trade was fair. Jason Quick's quote, it's unfortunate GP was injured early on and wasn't as good a of- the fit. Um, so thanks for your question, D. I hope that we um, addressed it in the best way that we could considering how crazy everything was. And as always, Jason, thank you for your question and for listening and to everybody who listens. I'm amazed that anybody <laughs> listens and I'm so grateful. <laughs> Rose, where can people find you on Twitter or wherever you want to tell people to find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at Rose L. Harding on Twitter you can find me there on Instagram too but my basketball content there is lacking
0: so just a caveat it's mostly just me and my family and my dog you can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. I'm also there on Instagram but my pictures on Instagram are mostly from walking around my neighborhood and pictures of my cat who's very grumpy and never once pr- um, poses and looks cute and a lot of sunsets as well so TCB Biggs on whatever platform you can find the we have a take podcast at we have a take and thank you to everyone for listening as always and as always go blazers